Friday, which means we are taking a look at all the news floating around in MMA right now. I mean, well, most of it. So sit back and let's get it cracking. So it's finally been confirmed. I think everyone knew this fight was going to happen Even though little things cropped up every now and again But Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua It's a match people So the fight has been scheduled to take place in um, Saudi Arabia You know, so it's headed there to Jeddah to be precise, um, it's a little bit crazy, you know, I mean, this whole situation. So, I think one of the big things well, there was a couple of things getting in the way of this fight location, right? Everyone was kind of trying to vie for where this fight would be. So, you had that issue. Then it's money for the fighters. Actually, it was three things. <laughs> and also, um, Wilder, right? I, I think that was a, a huge kind of thing because there was a clause for Devontae Wilder to fight Fury again. Now, I think because like they wanted to fight last year but i don't really think you can hold people to um you know doing things last year because it was so crazy if you wanted to fine you own more power to you but if you didn't i mean i could understand the hesitations of people right we didn't see every mma fighter fighting last year you know, those who are contracted with the UFC, you know, some organisations just didn't hold events, but with the UFC, not everyone did come out, and that's fine, like, there's no shade on that, so, there was that issue, so I don't know if they paid Wilder to step aside, I heard something like 20 or 40 mil, you know what I mean, to do that, who knows, we will see. I'm sure it will come out at some point. But yeah, those were the factors kind of getting into a way. You know, there's always ego. Who should take lion's share of the purse and all of that kind of thing. But it's finally been settled. Now, what is real kind of crazy about this? You know, so um, the the cost... For this to actually go down is it's a little mind blowing. 
right? It is a little mind-blowing, you know? So, um, yeah, they, um, Saudi Arabia paid, I believe it's 110, 110, um, million pounds, right? 110 million pounds, you know, that's a lot, that's a hundred fifty-five million dollars. So that means both Joshua and Fury will be receiving a fat fifty-three million each, right? Seventy-five million dollars. That's what they will be getting, right? And I think you've gained got pay-per-view points on top of that, which is, yeah, that's definitely huge. But I also kind of feel this does highlight the the issues with boxing, right? Because, so you have all of that money being tossed around. Fury and Joshua making, you know, 53 million pounds each which is insane now the undercard <laughs> the the money for the people on the undercard is 4 million pounds 5 million dollars right and that like and it doesn't say that's completely undercard it says for other expenses and the undercard which is crazy And I think that's one thing that people always seem to forget You know, yes The the main players in boxing Can make a huge amount of money You know, that's, that's for sure That's definite But the undercard fighters Make nothing It is insane You know what I mean? Like how much an undercard fighter makes in comparison to MMA, right? You you have to look at it and think that the MMA fighters are definitely, you know, better off on the undercard than the boxers are, you know? But, um, yeah, this is all going down. So we will finally, you know, have an undisputed champion because, remember... Joshua holds the WBA, IBF, WBO, and IBO championships. And Fury is the WBC champion. So, yes, come, um, yeah, come the summer, right? Come the summer, people. That is all going to be dealt with. And actually... We do have a uh, a proper date. The proper date is it's the fourteenth of August, right? So yeah, that is when it will be. That is when it will be going down for these two. So people, mark that in the calendar. I'm sure it's gonna clash with something, but it says that they're gonna be fighting around. Midnight Saudi Arabia time, which is 5 p.m. Um, U.S. time. Uh, 
I, I think that's Eastern time, right? So I don't know what then that equates to in the UK. I'd have to work, try and work that out. It's going to be late. <laughs> it's always late, but hey-ho, you know what I mean? We get to see this and, um, yeah, find out who it's going to be. You know, got to say, I think everything is probably looking at Fury. I think Fury comes into this fight as the favourite, but, you know... Anything can happen in that heavyweight division, people. So, right, August 14th, let's see what goes down. The next outing for the PFL will be their week five event. And that is scheduled for the 17th of June. Right, they've set the card, and there are some very good fights to look forward to. People, you know, we're gonna be seeing um, on the prelims Tom Lawler against Jordan Young, as uh, Sadabusai against Aleski Kunchenko. Right, um, you've got Jao Zeferino against Jason Ponet. Mathin Hamlet against Corey Hendricks and Curtis Millinder against Magnamed Magmedev Keramimov. Right now, the the fight heading up the prelims is a very good one. We get to see Antonio Carlos Jr. against Vinny Magalesh. That is a great fight. And I think it will show where um, Carlos Jr. is. You know. If he could submit Magalhaes. Even beat Magalhaes. That would be pretty huge. One of the biggest victories. In Carlos Jr.'s career. To be honest with us. And the main event. Well we've got some good fights on it. So um. You know, the former uh, light heavyweight champion. Well, actually, he's the current light heavyweight champion. You know, because they didn't have a season last year. Imaliano Sordi is going to be fighting Dan Svon. Got that fight. Uh... Cesar Ferreira will be fighting Chris Camozzi. That's a good one. Now the make the co-main event of the evening. We'll see. Um, uh, you know we got a big one, right? We have got Ray Cooper, the current champ, doing his thing against Nikolai Alec Eshkin. But probably the you know the fight that's leading the pack people is Rory McDonald against Tyson Glebal. Right? So um yeah, Rory he won his first fight. You know, Glyson didn't. So I mean this is all to play for. I think if Rory wins 
that could secure him a place in the playoffs. You know, I think it depends how he wins. Right, if he gets another first round stoppage, then I think that's it. But if he gets a decision win, I think it, you know things are still open there in the mix for some of the other people to try and secure their place. But um, it is definitely interesting when you bring in this point system. You know, that's what made the whole no contest between um, you know the doom. And, um, gosh, I can't think of the name of his opponent. But, hey, in that fight, right, that's why it was so big and important for the Doom's team to get that fight changed. You know, so it definitely opens things up. So, people, yes, remember, it's June the 17th, and that will be your week five of this current season of the PFL. When Oscar De La Hoya announced that he wanted to make a return, right, on the, it was on the, the um, Paul Askren card, wasn't it? J, um, Oscar De La Hoya announced, I'm coming back, dropped the mic, walked off at the press conference. And you're like, okay, who's he going to fight? Right now, there are plenty of older boxers for sure. You know, we've seen that with Tyson um, and his efforts, but no one could really put a name on it. There were a lot of younger ones that wanted a fight because, hey, De La Hoya, although being in shitty situations himself, right? Him and Bob Arum got into a huge bust up years back, he did the same to other fighters, you know what I mean, he did the same to other fighters, like Canelo hates him, I think Ryan Garcia has issues with him, it's odd, and both of those probably wouldn't mind putting hands on De La Hoya, but wasn't a boxer he was looking at, wasn't a boxer. He called for a fight with um George St. Pierre, which is a weird one. Like George St. Pierre is, you know, he's huge, right? He's a great fighter, he's a legend. You know, he worked a lot behind a jab for sure. But he's not like you wouldn't say he's a boxer. You wouldn't he wouldn't be your first fault as a comeback opponent for Oscar De La Hoya, right? It, it, it just seems very weak when you have these boxers calling out MMA fighters. It's, a, it's just a weird one, right? Because the game is very different. The footwork is very different because, you know, in MMA, you're not just concentrating on the hands, right? You're worrying about if someone's going to shoot on you. So it's the wrestling, it's the jujitsu, it's the kicks, it's the elbows. There is so much involved. So everything is different. But luckily, this fight isn't happening. It's not happening because George St. Pierre, he was still under contract with the UFC. And... 
Look, I believe if this was anything else, this probably this probably would have happened, right? But you first have Delahoya, who tried to claim that you know the UFC was rubbish and he can put on better fights and do better, and failed miserably, right? Failed miserably with the, um, you know, Ortez Liddell free fight, you know? So there was that. Then you have Trilla, where this fight is supposedly, was supposedly going to happen, and where De La Hoya will be making his comeback. All right? They have, you know, just dirty tactics. On trying to get MMA fighters to fight on their card And let's be honest, it's UFC fighters You you don't really see them going for PFL, Bellator They're not going for any of the other large organisations Ryzen, One, just UFC And yeah, it's underhanded, it's dirty Right? That's what they've been doing So... Then all of a sudden, when you want to play ball, no, it's not going to happen. And it's hilarious, right? Because Kavanaugh put out a tweet. (laughs) Put out a tweet. And it's funny because at the UFC 262 press conference, you know, Dana was just like, Kavanaugh keeps on calling me. Texting me, sending me posts on social media, telling the media to ask me things. Fuck off. (laughs) And Kevin, he did it again. He said, if we're a joke and you don't give a shit, then approve GSP to fight. We will donate 250000 to a charity of your choice if you approve the fight. As the deal was ready to close, pending only your approval. Only in capital letters. I mean, what are you doing? Right? These are just weird, shitty moves. Right? You, if you organise something professionally, you don't do that. You don't do it. Right, this is behind closed doors shit. And let's be honest, 250000 isn't really a lot of money. It's not really a lot of money when you consider, right, the amount of money they're talking about. When they're going on that, you know, oh, their, their pay-per-views make millions and all of this... Saying you're going to give 250000 to charity. Meh. If you said you're going to give a milli to charity, that's something a little different. Right? But just, you don't negotiate on social media. Right? Especially when you've been a dirty little rat previously. Jeez. It is weird. Now, yes, you know, St. Pierre, he he was, you know, interested in the fight, right? He did say, look, I don't have the audacity to pretend that I'm better boxer 
than um, Oscar De La Hoya. Um, De La Hoya was, um, you know, in his prime, one of the best that's ever done it. And I come from a different sport. But I, he decided to take the fight now because we're at different times in our lives. You know, which I get that, right? I get that thinking. But, yeah, it, it's just... It's, it's just not a good situation, right? If you had an MMA fight, fine. A kickboxing fight, either. But I just think doing soul, you know, just boxing... Ugh, it's, it's not a good look. With the UFC holding their pay-per-views in front of live audience since UFC 261, right? And, um, yeah, 262 was, 63 is going to be, you know, and um, everything going forward, I mean, unless something crazy happens, right? So, with that being the case, I figured people are probably wondering, what does that mean for the non-pay-per-view cards, right? The fight nights, where would they fall? Now, at the end of um, 262, I believe it was, in the press conference, Dana White, you know, he kind of said what the score was going to be, and that is the fight nights will be staying at the apex, you know? He um he said we're not even looking at traveling for fight nights. We didn't even have gates in our budget until October or November. So right now to start trying to find places for fight nights, it just doesn't make sense. We'll stay at the cozy apex and do our thing for the rest of the year, I think. But viewing that doesn't mean that that's going to be the way going forward, you know, because uh, <clears throat> what I also said about it, one of the reasons that I believe personally that this sport has grown as big and as fast as it is, is because we take this thing all over the world. We go into Oklahoma and places where people usually don't um get fights, so the fight nights are a big part of our brand, we'll continue to do it when the whole country opens up, so uh, yeah, you know, I think that is, I mean, that's pretty good to hear, and it does make sense, right, because you think of everything that must go into taking, um, you know, the pay-per-views on the road, Right, so imagine, imagine doing that every week. <laughs> I mean, that's fucking crazy. Every week, you know, having to try and work all of that out where you could stay at the apex and you've already got your infrastructure in place, you know. So, yeah, definitely makes sense. And that's not a bad thing. Right, it isn't a bad thing because it means we still get the fight nights every week, right? I mean, I think the schedule is changing slightly, 
like we don't get an event next week, but you know, it's basically every week, right? But um, yeah, we still get those events, right? So the and the safety of the fighters, that's you know, really getting looked out for. Plus, how crazy have those last two pay per views been? I mean, the reaction of the crowd. When the fighters come out, when action, when there's be the knockout, I mean, it makes it special, and that's great, right? That is great. It's fantastic, and you know, it's something we can live to <laughs> live with right now. So you know, fight night, staying at the apex, pay per views on the road. Let's let's get it done, people, because boy, I've been I've been enjoying the shit. Out of all the fights so far this year Okay, so we have had the weigh-ins for UFC on ESPN Plus 46 And, um, yeah, out of all the fighters on the card Everything was fine Apart from a slight situation with one of the fights So, yeah, that means... The main event is a go, people. Rob Font, he came in at 136 pounds. Cody Garbrandt, 135.5. Jean Jeanan and Carlos Esparza both weighed 116 pounds. So that is a go. Now, it's always interesting when you have heavyweights on the card, right? So, we got two lots on this one. Now, Ben Rothwell weighed at 265.5. And Chris Barnett, 263. You know, um, and in Albify, Justin Taffer, the same as Rothwell, 265.5. And Gerard Van Der Arde, he came in... At 264 pounds. So, yeah. That's it with the heavyweights. Um, Jack Hermanson and... Well, he weighed 186. Edmund Shabazian, 185. Right? So, that is a go. And I think um, everyone was wondering, right... What's going to be the score of Rafael Alvarez? Yo, who had the largest weight miss in history. Well, he came in under. He came in at 154.5. So, you know, he was on it. They knew they couldn't fuck up again, right? So, yeah, that I feel that's why it's 0.5 under. Uh, his opponent... Demir Ismagulov is 155.5. So, yeah, all the go. Now, the, the one misstep of the night, unfortunately, and this is a shame because he's a great fighter, Rulan Paviev won't be fighting. Won't be fighting. Um, yeah, he, he was hospitalized due to you know, weight-cutting incidents, but, hey, David Duvok, 
is still on the card, people. Yes, still on the card. He weighed in at 160, 126 pounds. And, um, yeah, he's got a, uh, he does have an opponent, right? Which, I mean, it, it's an odd situation. And, listen, it's great. It's great because it keeps Devuk on the card. So, he will be fighting, um... John Camalo Rondiros. So he is a an extreme couture fighter, which just down the road from the apex. So it makes sense. I'm sure um Nixick, is it Eric Nixick? I think he's the head coach there. I'm sure he has all his fighters prepped and ready. You know what I mean? Prepped the, the ones he feels could make that next step. I'm, I'm sure he has them ready in case situations like this arise. Now, unfortunately, he he wasn't quite there. He weighed 128.5 pounds, so he's going to be giving up 20% of his purse. I mean, it's a little rough, right? Because, you know, he did take the fight on one day's notice. You know what I mean? But... If you're going to do it, I guess, you, you know, you've got to be ready, right? You've got to be um, set. Now, he's got a record. Randuras has a record of 4-0 in his pro career. He's on a 13-fight win streak, though, right? So, I think mean, that is, that's pretty big, you know? So, his last win was December 2019, where he beat Eric Shelton, and I think that, that's one of the big reasons he got this fight, he, he, he beat Eric Shelton, now it was a split decision, but it was a win, right, and I think, you know, it's big because, remember, Eric Shelton took part in, um, the season 24 of The Ultimate Fighter, Right. That remember that was the championship season looking for a challenger to Demetrius Johnson, which Tim Elliott eventually won. So yeah, he fought on that. Now his UFC record, he, you know, he went two and four in the UFC. Right, his last fight being a decision loss to Jordan Espinosa in March 2019. You know. So there, I mean, there is that, but he he's kept busy on the um, you know, outside of things. So he's had three fight, well, two MMA, one boxing, right? So he won his first fight against Jesse Bazzi, but lost to Ronderas, and he won his um boxing fight, you know. So uh, yeah, Eric Shelton, he's um. You know, I think that's a good barometer, you know. Um, he's won two of the pro fights via TKO, right? Got a um, two, well, no, actually not, two submissions, right? Rear naked choke and a head guard choke, right? So he's done that. And he, he's got um, submissions in his pro amateur career as well. So, you know, 
And he's got a t- you know a TKO as well, right? So, although, you know what I mean? I think Duvac, he's an animal, right? Duvac is a motherfucking animal. He's what nineteen and three on a fifteen fight win streak. You know what I mean? I mean, jeez, and he's got more stoppages. Then uh, Ronda Harris has got fights, right? So it it's a tough fight. I you know what I mean you definitely got to take Duvak still for the win here. But hey, mad props for uh, you know the dude for you know just jumping in, shooting his shot, right? So um yeah, we we still have. A um a complete card for um you know the pay for the event tomorrow, which is great. So thirteen fights gonna be taking place. Looking forward to it, people. So let's go. Okay, people. So at the end of another one, but let's take a look and see what's going down. Um now. We've got a Bellator event tonight, which I completely forgot about, but it's taking place. I think it's Bellator 59, 259 that is. Um, but at Bellator 262 on the 16th of July, Juliana Velasquez will be putting her flyweight title on the line against Denise Colholtz. So yeah, you got that fun fight to look forward to. Velasquez's first defense, I believe. Right? And of as of all the other events, it's gonna be going down at the Mohican Sun. Right, so over to UFC. On the 19th of June, Tim Means will be going at it with Danny Roberts. On the 10th of July, UFC 264, we got another one, people. Yep, yep. So, Alan Amedowski will be fighting um, Yazong Hu. Um, Then the following week, on the 17th of July, Daniel Rodriguez is fighting Ab... Abu Bakar Numamamagadov. And then the next week, the 24th of July, Darren the Damage Elkins is back. And he's going to be fighting Derek Mina. That's a fun fight, people. Alright, so on the 7th of August at UFC 265. Uriah Hall will be fighting Sean Strickland. They made that happen. And then on the 4th of September at UFC 266, Erin Blanchfield finally gets to make her debut against Sarah Alpar. I mean, both were meant to fight recently, so that is a long wait, but at least they got fights, right? Okay, so yes. You've got Bellator 259 tonight. Also, people, it is LFA 108, right? Which we broke down um, 
on Wednesday and then Invicta make their return on Access TV but don't worry people because you can watch it for free on all of their social platforms so that's taking place tonight as well both events you do not wanna miss so people we will catch you on monday to break it all down